This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> Hello, America, and welcome to Friday. Well, I never thought I would be saying these words, and I have no idea how the next 20 minutes are going to end up. But here we go. Oliver Stone joins us on the program beginning right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program, Mr. Oliver Stone. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Is this Jeff? Uh, this is Glenn. Oh, this Glenn. Is... Yes. I'm sorry. That's, okay. That's all right. You I've can call me Jeff. Many people I'll... At once. <laughs> I'll call you Bill. How are you? No, Oliver's fine. Uh, right. I'm fine, and you're... I'm good, and all I'm right. in New York. Okay, now, uh, so, Oliver, do you, because um, uh, this is a really dicey thing, because I think there's a billion things we really strongly disagree with you on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and, um, and, you know, I watched, I, I, I saw Snowden, yes. and, uh, and I will tell you that I, I wanted to believe his side, but you made the movie. And so I, I you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you do. And one thing I do respect uh, you on is you at least say what your agenda is. So how, how is somebody like me or somebody in my audience supposed to take Snowden knowing that you have a very strong opinion on America? And well, Jeff, I. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, right. Okay, I got it. Beyond embarrassing, but listen, I, I have, uh, I have a strong agenda as a citizen, but when I do my work, I take it very seriously as you do, and I, I'm a dramatist. I am a dramatist above all. I tell the story. This is a story that speaks for itself. I spoke to him many times, but I also spoke to other people, and we got as realistic a story as we could out of it. Uh, there may be new things that come out, but this is as, is a, uh, is as authentic as you can get it, because not many people have written about the NSA or the CIA from the inside. Right. Well, as you know, um, I mean, we have gone up uh, with whistleblowers and gone up against this government with whistleblowers. Yeah, and, I, uh, I admire that. Well, thank you. Um, and it is, it is not an easy thing. And we have been very torn on uh, Snowden. I think personally, if he hadn't have gone to Russia... Uh, he would be viewed as a hero. Um, but because he went to Russia, it puts it into question. Uh, and his relationship with Julian Assange, who is, who is also getting, you know, Russian secret uh, police, uh, you know, um, uh, well, protection. That, yeah, you're jumping to conclusions there. Keep in mind that, uh, that uh, Snowden went to Russia on his way 
for asylum in Ecuador via Cuba. He was had to get there, and the airspace allowed him to do that. He did not stay in Russia out of his own volition. His passport was canceled by the State Department right. in midair, which is rare and happens. Uh, they wanted him perhaps to be stuck in Russia. I don't know, but anyway, he's there, and they have given him asylum, and they're one of the few countries in the world that could actually protect him. Uh, that is true. Um, how do you feel about Russia and Putin? That's another. <laughs> that's next year's movie. Let's let's uh, let's <laughs> no, not go there. I mean, let's I, deal with the. Ed, Ed, I mean, because honestly, honestly, uh, Oliver, we we are probably uh, one of the shows. I don't know how many people have done this. I mean, I know one show lately. One show was for him to be in prison, and now that he's against, you know, or now he's for. Um, you know, taking out Hillary Clinton. Oh, let's give him a parade. We we still don't know. We we tend to feel that he is a uh, a patriot. Um, however, there is that that Russia connection that uh, that yeah, makes that, it. I can understand your concern, but look, there's two central truths here. One is that our government uh, deployed and developed the most massive surveillance system global. Mm-hmm. we've ever yes. seen in history. And yes. the, the second truth is that there was a person who revealed it, uh, a person who has tremendous patriotism and conviction that we were breaking the Constitution yes. and by doing this. So that was what, those are the facts of that movie, of, the, of what stands. Uh, the Russia element is, is, is a distraction used by that Democrats, Republicans, I, I'm, you know, you can be a libertarian and still support Snowden in this matter. Right. Closely, I am a libertarian. How, how oh, closely? Good. How closely did you stick to the actual story? Did you take a lot of liberties for oh, dramatization? Yeah, I mean, it yeah. is a nine-year. It's about nine years in his life, and we you can't do that as if this perhaps is a documentary. But we we we're, we're out for a large audience, and we were and we made a dramatic thriller. My my that was always my fear that this thing is going to get too mm-hmm. technically heavy. It is complicated. Yeah. We, we threw out about 50% of our research, but kept this film simple as possible, but put the tension in. Don't alter the truth the, and stick to it. Stick to what the, the propulsion okay, so of the I story to, carries itself. You don't have to invent anything. So here, But here is where the Oliver Stone movie making comes in. Did you have to make the guys from the CIA like the spookiest guys ever? No, they I, I disagree. I think that the fellow who plays a senior... NSA CIA uh, official, uh, he's played by Reese Ephons, is actually a father figure because he nourished, nurtured his career. And, you know, he does say you know, things. in a really like, creepy father, yes. Well, you, that's what you think. But, you know, he, he, uh, he has his views, and he's, he talks about the mission that they have to, to protect the world. He talks yeah. about you know, global intelligence. He talks about the need for it. He talks about America's position in the world. At one point, he even criticizes the Iraq war as a, as a waste of uh, energy and time. And he says, you don't have to be a, a patriot to disagree with your politicians. So how can you, um, uh, I'm trying to, I mean, this is a, this is just such a complex thing because your involvement um, well, you keep putting it back on me, but well, because me. you made because because you made well, the movie, and so you're you 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 are a very good filmmaker, and so um, you know films are very very effective, and uh, and, and and what what interests me here is that um, here we are supposedly on the same side of saying, hey. Yeah. The government cannot do these things, the Constitution, and yet you are a guy 
that will, you know, hang out with some of the worst dictators. Um, oh, here we're talking about the American system. And that system was deeply violated by the NSA. I think you'll admit that. Yes, I do. And, we, and we're trying to come to terms with it, but we don't know a lot. So we have to start somewhere by talking about these issues, right. by bringing some awareness to the American people who have left in the dark. They haven't trusted us with that information. Are you surprised, and in talking to him, how surprised is he that America didn't go crazy when they found out the truth? He, on the contrary, he said that before. Before, he said, my greatest fear was that it would drift into indifference. It would, and, and that's how tyranny, tyranny, tyranny will happen, mm. because uh, the steps will be taken away from us, all the freedoms will be taken away from us, the civil liberties, and then one day we'll simply be a passive Orwellian population, and uh, there will be a new guy coming along, a woman, who might be completely different and play a harder ball game if he or she faces pressure. Are you concerned about the man or the woman that are currently... Absolutely. Everyone should be. I mean, uh, you know, we're living in a world of great privilege in this country. We have tremendous uh, consumer. Uh, consumerism is a, is a religion. and uh, But this can all be, uh, how do you say, destroyed uh, by this overreaching that we're doing in the NSA as well as, you know, we're listening on everybody. And we're, there's, there's the whole other element you haven't discussed yet about what Snowden revealed was about cyber warfare. Cyber warfare element is extremely dangerous. It was us that uh, presented it, that it presented the program that used it first on an offensive capability in yeah. in nineteen in two, 2007 in Iran, and since then it's gotten out of control. Of Snowden described it as a surveillance free for all. Nobody knows who's doing what. Right. Because it takes months and months and months to unwind these things and find out. So crazy accusations go out there. I, well, I will tell you, we are, we're very concerned, and it doesn't seem like very many people are, that we are in a cyber war right now. Yes. Um, with, you know, I mean, that, that's what's happening. World War III, I believe, is already happening. It's just happening with digits at this point. Um, There's some truth to what you say, but it's not necessarily a war with Russia. It's a war with all hackers in every country. If you remember... Mm-hmm. Cyber warfare, remember when we, the atomic bomb got dropped in 45, Truman told Oppenheimer back then, you know, this is, we're going to keep this a secret, and Oppenheimer scoffed at it. He said, you can't keep this a secret. Same is true of cyber warfare. We started a new form of warfare. We're very good at it. We have a, spent a huge fortune on it. And uh, we need a treaty, is what I to cut to the quick here. We need a treaty, a cyber treaty, with the rest of the world. Very important. Um, the, the, the one scene... Um, where he first sees uh, the uh, the Arabic woman coming in and undressing, and he's very uncomfortable. One of the guys from yeah. the CIA yeah. or NSA comes in and NSA. and yeah and and hacks in to her phone or her iPad, and right. he's just watching her undress, and he's very uncomfortable. I don't think people really understand as they put their iPhone, you know, next to their yeah. bed to charge at night, and they're yeah. you know. Doing what yeah. they do at, at night in bed. Nobody understands that. Yeah. The program was described as optic nerve, which it was. That was a British program. That was about, you know, the NSA has more than 150 programs. I mean, the, the depth mm-hmm. of this stuff is, is even beyond that. We showed that as an obvious example. Snowden is a, a bit of a prude, and certainly uh, he didn't want to go there. But 
they have the ability, pornographic abilities beyond, you know, to use to discredit their enemies. Now, they used it on the Muslim population of the United States. Uh, with, they passed the raw intelligence. This is outrageous, and it pissed off Snowden. They passed the raw intelligence that they were getting when, while he was in Hawaii to the Israeli Mossad. So imagine, you know, what they can do with that with all the Arab relatives of the people who live in the Middle East close to Israel. It's misused. It's a, it's a overreach and an arrogance about people's lives. It's disgusting. Oliver, if you make a movie about a historic event that, you know, decades and decades ago, you have a long time for essentially to, to marinate in perspective and, and look back and see the full picture of that. What's the difference between doing something like that and something like Snowden, which is really, you're, you're making a movie about an event that is still going on today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Obama has presided over the worst excesses of the surveillance age. I mean, he's taken uh, the Bush program, which was illegal in the first place, and he's doubled down. Yeah. And that was part of the story we're telling him. That he, you see very clearly the Obama path. You see Snowden believing, believing that Obama is going to reform that system in 2008 when he's elected. And by 2013, when he, when he released yeah. those secrets, he's given up hope that Obama will do anything. When, 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 you, when you see um, um, all of this uh, g- going on and America not paying attention... What do you think is going to happen when we watch this movie? Are we just going to take it as a movie and, and move on with our lives? As I said earlier, I don't have an agenda. I'm not an activist that way, although you may think I am. I really think it's presented to you as a movie. Enjoy it. It's a tense movie. It's a thriller. You walk out, you make your own conclusions, or you might just think about it some more and start to do a little more research because there's a lot to be done. Yeah, there is. Uh, Oliver Stone, thank you so much. Uh, thank you very much. Greg. God bless you. you bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's out this weekend, right? Uh, yeah. You, you saw it already. I saw it, so it opens night. today. Yeah, opens today. I saw it last night. Um, nice. And uh, it, it is... Um, you liked it or not? I'm not sure. Yes, really? it's worth seeing. It's yeah. worth seeing, and I liked it. <laughs> I Again, and I didn't mean to be rude to him, and I, I hope I wasn't, um, no, it, was inter- it was an interesting. No, but I was just being honest, and he yeah. was being honest back to me. Yeah. Um, I don't trust him. He's Oliver Stone, so I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you see the movie, you will see. Um, you know, I should bring it in and break. Well, I'll I- let me show you. I'll show you a couple of places in the movie where you you'll watch it and you'll say, "Oh my god!" I mean, he's. You tell me. You watch that scene with the uh, with the CIA guy when he's asking. Edward Snowden. So tell me about yourself. You want to be in the CIA. How come you want to be in the CIA? He's the creepiest dude ever. And then the guy he says is a father figure is always in the shadows and always like, so, well, we've got to do what we've got to do. I mean, so you have that just that layer there of Oliver Stone movie making that does taint it, which I wish I wish it didn't have that because I think it would have been a much more powerful film. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't have walked out dismissing because it was Oliver Stone. Did you see the documentary about Snowden? Uh, oh, no. The actual documentary. <laughs> oh, that's my joke all the time. Yeah, I apologize. Oh, yeah. The actual documentary. If, yeah. well, I'm curious if it's consistent largely with that. I mean, because that was I a- didn't see the documentary. Okay. Wish I did. I didn't see the documentary. And now this. People, who, uh, people are just starting to um, realize that money deposited in banks um, owned by the bank that money goes to the bank. And what you're doing is you are loaning. Could you give me the Jimmy Stewart analogy when he's in the bank explaining how the money works? 
When you put your money in. You're you're looking at this place all wrong. (laughs) The the, the money's not here. It's it's at Bill's house and and, and Bob. (laughs) You've got something. So when you... You want me to foreclose on Bob? (laughs) So when you go into the bank and you think you can withdraw your money, you can't. If there is a bank closure... There is a new law that they have written in Washington, and the banks have uh, put this in all of their bylaws, that they can now have a bail-in. They can take your money and... But that, that, that's screwing yeah. is what that is. Are they working for Potter or not? <laughs> now, that's why a lot of people are trying to buy a safe. Liberty Safe is now offering, offering uh, rebates of up to $250 when you buy a Liberty Safe. In Germany and and, uh, Japan, they're already ahead, and you can't even buy a safe now in those two countries because they are so hard to find. LibertySafe.com. Be ahead of the curve. Click on my picture and type in the promo code Glenn. You'll save up to $250. Limited time offer for the best built safe on the planet. LibertySafe.com. Promo code Glenn. Glenn Beck. Mercury. If you're in the market for a new mattress, Casper.com slash Glenn should be the next website you visit. Casper created an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's one perfect mattress that's sold directly to you, and that eliminates the need to endure one of those commission salesman mattress stores with inflated prices. Casper is shipped for free right to your door, astonishingly delivered in a teeny little box that you're going to look at and say, you got to be kidding me, it's all in there. Just open up the box, and it will be the most supportive sleep you've ever had. It's designed to be that way and designed to be hassle-free. Casper is made right here in America and Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Breathable latex and memory foams are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Right now, you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. It's casper.com slash Glenn. Program. 888-727-BECK. I, I want you to know it. It's interesting. It was very interesting. Uh, we didn't surprise. ask for that interview. He called us and said, hey, can, can I be on the Jeff Beck show? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so he, sure. he thought that he called us at a show. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, no, it didn't turn out that way. No. But um, so we didn't I didn't ask for this this interview. Um, uh, and I find it interesting and 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 everybody came to me yesterday and they're like i'm sure you're going to turn this down and i'm like no actually no i think it would be an interesting because it's interesting and it was interesting it's interesting to have him a guy who i absolutely believe hates america a guy who who absolutely is hanging out with some of the worst dictators on the planet he didn't deny that oh he did not and and then no chavez he's preaching to me about losing the constitution yeah Come on, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. I think that the Snowden thing sort of grows that weirdness. Where norm, you have normal we, lines where like, hey, wait a minute, that guy's hey, bad. And the other side, that side's good. Guys, how many, Snowden how many, weird... you want to, remember when I first started talking about we have to have strange bedfellows? How many years ago though, was that? Five, six? Yeah. Long time ago. Okay, long time ago, five, six years ago. I said, we have to get out of our comfort zone and find the things and the people that we agree on principles. Yeah. 
look at what's happening to us now. We are finding now. He, I wouldn't say he's a. He's just. An I wouldn't absolute, call him a bedfellow. And a bizarre no. bedfellow. If you're if you're in bed, you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm with Oliver Stone. So it's not. That's, he says, oh my gosh, I'm with Jeff Beck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, he. I wouldn't put him in that category. But look at how many people. Um, uh, how many people now we didn't think were. They didn't mean it. They didn't mean it. And we see now, oh my gosh, they absolutely did. And how many people that we know we know now, my gosh, I thought you were a rock, I thought you were a rock star. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Read Jeffy's mind after all these years, so I'm just going to move on. But I think, I think you're right in, in what you're saying there. The one thing about Oliver Stone is this is clearly something, no matter what his opinion is on anything else, so, uh, surveillance has been something he's been very passionate about for a long time, yeah. thinking it's terrible. Yes. Uh, and he thought he was very hardcore on the Bush administration on this and has continued it through the Obama administration and continued his, uh, his criticism, not only for uh, Donald Trump, which you might expect, but also for Hillary Clinton in this regard. Um, so he he obviously feels passionate about this. We've talked to Glenn Greenwald about this, who yeah. was in the room with Edward Snowden when all of this was revealed. Um, and, we, and we've never talked to Edward Snowden on this. But I mean, I'd love to. Oh yeah, I mean, it would, I, I'd love to. I'd love to. We've we've uh, we've offered time to what's his name from WikiLeaks over and over and over again. Um, Julian Assange. Julian Assange. He won't come on. Very busy schedule these days. Oh, you know, you know uh, he's got to go right. from one room of the Ecuadorian embassy to the other. Right. Well, you know. it takes a while. It's a yeah. <laughs> large Very, embassy. It's the Ecuadorian embassy. <laughs> right. You know. Right. There's probably a fountain out in the yard. Or, you know, I mean, what would your it's life over be eight like? Square I, feet. I thought thought of. <laughs> I, I thought yeah. of this. Wow. Huge. What would your life be if you're Edward Snowden uh, or if you're Julian Assange and you're like, I might be living in the Ecuadorian embassy for the rest of my life? Well, uh, uh, Snowden is saying he's coming back. He he really wants to come back. And he's. Well, making- now is the perfect time to do it because now you've got, you know, people with real power and yeah. karate belts that are trying to get you. <laughs> Really? Get, huh? oh, he's got martial arts experts that, yeah, are, that are trying to get him, him, you know, trying to That's get him back awesome. into the country. So. It's a done deal. We'll uh, done. This movie this might help. Is him. the Glenn Beck program? Mercury. Come here, come here. Gather around. Now you can't show this on TV. Don't let the cameras can't take this on the on the front. You can watch it from the back. But uh, all right, this is the this is the this is the Oliver Stone movie that's opening today. Okay. Okay. So now you tell me that this guy. Remember, he said, "Oh, geez, it's going to start at the beginning again." Oh no. Um, That you tell me that this is going to that this guy is not a spooky CIA guy. All right. I'm trying to find You it. really want me to tell you that? This guy. Okay, so now, Edward Snowden, this is the guy from the CIA. Now look at this office, all closed windows and dark, and you have to hear his voice. You have to hear his voice. Let's see. Uh, 
and no high school diploma. Right, okay. Yes. I mean, look at this. Yeah. And he's like, look at the office. There's no rug. There's nothing to make this room warm at all. That's, that's and look at him. Room. And look at him. And he's talking. That's the one that's supposed to be a father figure? Yeah, that's the guy who turns into a father figure. Let's turn the volume down here before we... Yeah, I don't. An international you, got, you just have to hear what he's like. Yeah, Because no, he's like, because there's one point where he's like... Uh, 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 he says, why do you want to be at the CIA? <laughs> and he says, look right here. This is like him warming up to him. And he's like, why do you want to be at the CIA? And he's like, uh, because I think it'd be kind of cool to be, to say I was a CIA agent. And he's like, not good enough. <laughs> well, good enough for now because the world's on fire. And it's like, okay, <laughs> come on, man. Look at it. Right, but I mean, he's built again. He's building drama in a movie. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I know. But this is the the problem with this is for me is because it's Oliver Stone. And look at this. This is movie making. There, look at the CIA. Do you think the CIA director or whoever this guy is? Do you think his office really doesn't have carpet, just metal floors? No, but. I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's not egregious. Yeah, that's not egregious. I mean, you no, know, who cares? Of course it's They're not egregious. drama in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the way it's, propaganda if you, works. If you want ah. to watch the actual scene of Edward Snowden for the first time talking about his revelations in a hotel room, you can watch it on the documentary. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's actually in a real documentary with Edward Snowden saying it. Right. So if you want, you know, the most true to life possible, you have film of him saying it for the first time. So I think... You know, you watch this, and if this is true to who he is, I mean, mm-hmm. Oliver Stone was just on his case. You just missed it. He was just on the program, and he said that, what did he call uh, Edward Snowden, a prude? A prude, and, yeah. and this, the guy that plays him uh, definitely looks prudish. Yes, and he is, a, he is a prude in this, and, um, you know, when he sees, the first time he sees another agent open up somebody's um, iPad or iPhone and shows them taking off the burqa, and he's like, ah, oh, I've always wondered what was on underneath these. And, and Edward Stone was like, um, uh, yeah, we, this is not appropriate. We shouldn't be doing this. And he's like, come on. Uh, and you see her take the burqa off and she gets to her underwear. And it's a really disturbing portion if people will up. pay attention to it because your, your phone is like that now. I mean, your, camera, your phone, your, your phone, iPad. iPad, everything is like that. Uh-huh. And people don't take it seriously, and they need to. But then, you will if you go to this movie, and again, I, can't, I don't know if you trust Oliver Stone on this. <laughs> you keep going back. I know. We get it. Because. We know. Just well, I know, but the I'm, movie. I don't really care. <laughs> I, why do I need to trust him? Because JFK has been, has, JFK, that movie, changed history. And we sit in the set. Right. The yeah, this is, we should have told him that. This is, we're on the set that he built, that Oliver Stone built for JFK. And, um, and that movie actually changed history. People, kids now look at that movie as a historic Absolutely documentary. And we know it's not true because we know it was Raphael Cruz who killed JFK. Exactly right. Yeah. Thank you, National um, Enquirer. That. That's a now good newspaper. That. It's really good Pulitzer Prize winning. Right. So, um, you know, so, so you're sitting here, um, and I'm concerned because you don't want to confuse. Is anybody clear on if, Oliver, if um, uh, Edward Snowden is a hero or a villain? Are you clear on it, Jeffy? No way. No, no way. way. Are you, Pat? I think he's both. 
I think it's okay that he's both. I mean, usually it's it's phrased as mm-hmm. hero or traitor, and I think probably both. Um, and I think that's okay. Although he might only be hero because I don't know what he's done with Russia. I don't know if he's right. We don't provided know. them information. Right. I, I don't know. Right. He might so just. I'm willing to say that he is both, and I lean towards hero, depending on what happened in Russia. You know what I mean? Which is what we've said from the beginning. From the very beginning. People needed to know this. This is the this is the biggest story in our constitutional history. I believe this is the biggest violation of the Constitution that we know of that we know of in our country's history, and it is still going on. And so I'm I watch this, and I would watch the documentary with the same critical eye. This is history, and really important history. We don't want to get this one wrong. This is not just an exciting movie to go watch. Yeah, no. This, this you have to know. Is this true or not? Because 90% of people who will have an opinion on Edward Snowden will either have it from a friend or because they went to this movie. Well, they, they better not use this movie as a historical document because he admitted that they took a lot of liberties. He said, it's a movie. When I asked him how close to just stay to the real story and he said well it's a it's a movie we took a lot of liberties yeah so he seemed like i'm not going to be what if if i ever see it it's rated r so i won't see it for a while but if i ever see it i'll be old rated r movies are good no it's i can (laughs) i know i know i know i know i know know. (laughs) they appear on other yeah i know it depends on what he's doing too like he seemed to indicate that he was condensing the time frame I don't know, by the yes. way, I don't know why this was rated R. I, did, I, I only watched the first hour. I haven't had a chance to finish it yet. So I watched the first hour. I don't know why. So this was there violence? Or? I didn't see any violence. I didn't see any nudity. Of, I didn't uh, see any F words. I, I, I don't know. So it must all be at yeah. the end. Maybe. Uh, but he said, I mean, he seemed to indicate there was a condensing of time period over nine years. To yes. Like, that's Big not time. necessarily material to the storyline. I mean, I think, think of this, if it this way. If Edward Snowden had done exactly what he did, but after he sent it to the journalists, he walked in and went, you know, put his hands out and let them cuff him in Washington, D.C. I think he's almost really definitely a hero, right? Yeah. I, I think yes. Edward Snowden would have been um, listened to had he done that. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know exactly because they probably would have beat him up for right. some back room for the next six months. So I understand why he didn't do it. I'm probably much more of a coward than he is. So I'm not trying to say it's, that's a very difficult thing to do. But part of it, I think, is. The running and now him sitting in, in Russia and now relations seemingly uh, very friendly with people like WikiLeaks and Russia. And it just it makes people think, you know, even if he, his intentions were good at the beginning, well, it, especially people question. I mean, he, the results, though, are positive. I'm glad we know. I'm glad we know what he, he's revealed. Me, too. I got to say, because, I mean, me too. I as a person who cares about the uh, the Constitution and who at the time. Um, you know, supported the Bush administration. I voted for George Bush twice. Uh, I mean, he's the guy who started this. As Oliver Stone even admitted, Obama has doubled down on these things. And they're wrong, quite clearly wrong. Um, I don't know if anyone has any principles anymore to care about that stuff. I don't know that people hold on. It just, I guess it depends on what candidate you like on a certain day. But I mean, quite clearly, this is wrong. And at the time, some people on the left, probably like Oliver Stone, surely like Oliver Stone, were saying that it was wrong. And I, there was a long period of time where I, I did not believe them. I didn't believe them. And this made me, his, Snowden's release made me believe a case that was being made by, by many of my political enemies, if you want to use that word. Uh, and it's, it's a true case. 
And we now know that they were going much further than we thought they were. It's a pretty significant thing. Yeah, we used to get oh, those calls all the time on the when we first started yeah. talk radio. All right, George Burr, Patriot Act, Patriot Act, George Burr, the spy on America. Really, didn't what freedom it. have you lost? No, didn't, didn't believe it. Didn't believe we it. Didn't and believe again, it. We're, it's not just us saying this. The guy who wrote the Patriot Act saying is saying they yes. went too far. Yes. Yeah. The guy who wrote it. Yes. And so it's it it, it is if 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 I were a judge today and had to just rule on what I know, I would probably convict him. And then maybe a suspended sentence or a uh, or a very light sentence, the lightest sentence I could give him, because I don't like the way it happened. However, uh, I don't know the judge doesn't have this, but I would recommend from the bench that you go get the people that he tried to blow the whistle to all the way up the chain of command, because he did do that. He tried to let people know all the way up the chain of command. He, he certainly says that. Yes. And I believe it. I believe I believe that much more than I believe the guys. Because yeah, that was the criticism of a lot of people. Yeah. Well, why didn't he go to his superiors and tell them what was going on? We know for, we know for a fact that they that we've had four NSA whistleblowers on our set with us. Yeah, and they yeah. they learned. You can't go to your boss. We tried to go to our boss. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we knew, we had a gun in our face. I was getting out of the shower, and they were busting into my house. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Put a gun on one of the whistleblowers in the shower. Came in, opened the shower door, put a gun on him, and said, you know, well, here's a towel. But left and was, was hauled away because he tried to blow the whistle on this very kind of stuff really early. Before it was this bad. Mm-hmm. Now this, people are, um, uh, hang on just a second, that's not the right one. I've got to tell you the right thing here. Oh, um, if you were trying to hire somebody, it's, a, it's, it's hard. If you're a small business person, it's really hire, hard. I think we're hiring, what is it, nine new people? Because um, today is the day, you know, that we're supposed to go out of business. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Milo said... Be this Are Friday. you waiting to tell us until after, after the show? Uh, well, I'm going to hire these people first. Okay. I'm going to hire an additional nine Nine people. more people and then just people. And then I'm going to fire them today. Okay, yeah, cool. Because anyway... Um, it, it's really hard, especially if you are a lean staff and, you know, you're, you're operating in today's world. That's why we use ZipRecruiter. We want to get the right people. We have to find the right candidates, and they're out there. They're somewhere in the country. With ZipRecruiter, you can post on 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can find the candidates that you want in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once and you watch the qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails, no calls to your office. Just screen the candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. ZipRecruiter already been used by over a million businesses nationwide. We're one of them. You're, we're using it now. And if you want to see the jobs that are open, you can just go to my Facebook page. I posted them. Don't talk to me because I don't do any of the hiring. Because um, this is all on the Blaze side, but um, you can you can look them up and then just look for our ads on you know one of these 100 job sites. You'll find it. We're hiring, and we're going to find you through ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter, use it for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com/slash/beck. ZipRecruiter.com/slash/beck. You're listening. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ooh. Ooh. Hillary Clinton's new book, Stronger Together. Oh, boy. Nice. Uh, it's out now. Uh, first week of sales, New York Times said they sold 3,000 copies. Wow, that's great. Congratulations. Wow. 3,000 copies? 3,000 copies. Remember when she got an $8 million advance for the book a few years ago? Okay, so that one only sold 85,000 copies in the first week. Oh, in the first first week. week. Okay, Okay. which is, you know, decent, but not... No, that's that's pretty good. In today's... Well, wait a minute. It wasn't today's. Yeah, it's close. You know, that was probably like... uh, it's probably like in your first week selling 50,000 copies now. 3,000 I mean, copies, yeah. though. We used to sell, you Three know, 10 years ago, awesome. you could sell. I bet you 2,000 yeah. of it was the foundation. Well, yeah. uh, Bill said, we, we interviewed Bill O'Reilly yesterday about his book, and he said he sold 103,000 in the first week. Right. That's, that's, that's really good. For today, For today. that's yeah. incredible. And to yeah. be clear, I think he said he sold 103,000 in the first day. Oh, did he really? First, the book came out Tuesday, right? It's not even the week for week's first week's not even over yet. Oh yeah, wow. I think he said it was wow. the first day. He wow, wow. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's impressive. a machine. He yes. is absolutely really a machine. Is. Sort of unfair to compare anybody to Bill O'Reilly's book sales yeah. at this point, yeah. but still, but I mean, still, he is he wow. is he's a machine. So that's what we used. We I mean, I know we used to do Back you in know the day. hundred and I think common sense what did one hundred and thirty or one hundred twenty eight one hundred twenty eight the first day I think. Um, it, I think it was the first minute and a half. I think it was before it went on sale. Yeah, I think so. They're so. all in a Trump warehouse <laughs> at this point. What you're saying is we're all closer to Milo's prediction. So anyway, yeah. So, uh, uh, so you know, it's amazing because Vince Flynn at the end. I mean, Vince Flynn was one of the greatest, yeah, you know, uh, booksellers, you know, ever. ever. Um, and Vince was, he came up one time and he was like, man, you just sell books like crazy. And I'm like, shut up, Vince Flynn. He's like, no, it is not the days of Tom Clancy. And it's not even no, the days not. of Vince Flynn now. That right. And like, uh, That's what eight, makes J.K. Rowling's uh, book sales oh, yeah. so unbelievably impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, 450 million copies of that series four, in a time <laughs> when you, you have a tough time selling 3,000. Yeah, 4,400. <laughs> Four hundred to seven hundred thousand copies sold in one book. The days of million seller books. used to happen all the time. Yeah, yeah sure well, did. I mean, for major, yeah, books for major books, major they, they rarely, rarely happen. You sell four hundred to seven hundred thousand books. That's a, that's a success. Book. That is a wildly successful and book. She has over this time sold four hundred and fifty million. That copies. is crazy. And Hillary Clinton's new book in the first week sold three. Thousand copies. Got a little, little ways to catch stunning. up to J.K. <laughs> yeah, a little ways. Stronger together. Look at it. Uh, New York Times. You know what? If it catches fire, though, in the next couple yeah. of days, she could be up to thirty-five hundred. Have you even heard? at the end of the month? <laughs> uh, yeah, end of the month. <laughs> She's got to give them away at like waffle houses and. Well, stuff. yeah, there's some work to do between now and then, but still, I've never even heard of it. It was released September six. Supposed to coincide with the uh, number of Stronger Together speeches. Oh, these were the ones that she was supposed to give those important speeches because, and she had pneumonia. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was her pneumonia that caused the sales to be so bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mean that she was over? 
or huh? that she was dehydrated. She was dehydrated or pneumonia. Or... She will not drink water this morning. Except woman. she drinks a lot of water. Right, but she right. will not drink. Don't try telling her to drink water. Well, I'll tell you that. Except when she's drinking her, water. She drinks it all the time. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program. America, welcome to Friday. The political world has known about this man's voice for a long time. Very important voice on the conservative side. Uh, now, well, I, I don't know. I mean, now he is one of very few uh, that has chosen to stand and I think actually made his stance stronger on this election as the time and the days have gone by. We welcome to the program Steve Dace. He joins us right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we have one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. It is really an honor to have Steve Dace uh, on with us. He is a national talk show host. He is a writer. He is an author and one of the very few voices of sanity left in the wilderness uh, regarding the 2016 um, election. Steve, have we ever met before one-on-one? You know, we have crossed paths, uh, Glenn, many times, including uh, the Red State Gathering. Uh, We just sort of uh, missed each other. But I want to tell you, over the course of my career... You're one of the two people that my audience has most often compared me to, and hopefully by the time this conversation is done, you will consider that a compliment. So thanks for having me on. Oh, my gosh. I, Steve, I know who you are. I mean, I, I've listened to you, and that you, um, you've listened to me not enough to know that is an insult to you, not the other way around. Um, you, are, you are brilliant, well-spoken, and I have to tell you, one of the more brave people in America today. I have tremendous, tremendous respect for you. Um, tell me what it is like to... Am I, am I mistaken? Weren't you one of the first um, to have Donald Trump on your show? Mm-hmm. Was he on your show? And you were one of the first to actually... Because he wouldn't come on my show. To actually take him on and say, look, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to be kind here, but that's, you're full of crap. <laughs> you know, Glenn, it, um, I, have, I have Monday morning quarterbacked myself in this election so many times because of where I live in Iowa, about three seconds after Romney lost, people started calling me on the phone uh, to talk about four years from now. I mean, even before uh, the 2012 election, I had people calling me up about uh, 2016, assuming Romney was going to lose. So um, the Trump people came to me very early. A gentleman named Sam Nunberg, who's a friend of mine, who's instrumental in getting Trump's uh, campaign off the ground. He had worked with Jay Sekulow, so we knew a lot of figures in the conservative movement. And we were sitting at Ruth Chris Steakhouse in Manhattan in uh, 2013. And he was asking me, hey, you know, if we were thinking about running, what should we do? And I didn't really think they were serious. So I, 
I threw out some names, one of whom they ended up actually hiring to run their campaign. And that's when I knew they were serious. And, you know, I was sitting backstage at a, at a leadership summit a couple of years ago uh, as we were gearing up for the caucuses. I was co-emceeing that event with Frank Lenz of Fox. And I was getting ready to actually meet with Trump privately. I'd already met with him several times. He'd been on my show several times about the prospect of joining their campaign. And I'm sitting there, Glenn, backstage, uh, 20 feet from him, when he tells Frank Luntz that he's never asked God for forgiveness because he's never done anything wrong. And I'm not a John McCain fan politically, but I come from a a family of military people like so many others do. And he says, you know, I I like people who aren't captured. And I I froze. I didn't know what to do. And I thought, you know, they're going to ask me, how do you fix this? I don't think you can. So I'm not proud of this, but I hit the eject button and just walked out. And that was the Mm -hmm. last time our paths ever crossed. But the reason I've game planned this out is because I've wondered, you know, uh, in our line of work, Glenn, we are damned if we do and damned if we don't. Oh, if yeah. guys like Donald Trump come along and they, and they seem like they want to they curry favor with us, they want to be a part of our movement, if we shoot them down right away, then everybody calls us purists and we, we, we don't want to expand the tent. But if we don't shoot them down right away, then everybody says, well, you lack discernment, you should have seen this coming. So trust me, I have wondered if, um, how much of a role I played in allowing this con to get as far as it has. So, Steve, what, um, because we have played this over and over, because you're right, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And um, in the end, uh, I would rather be damned for, uh, for, for standing for the principles that I believe um, than standing and, and compromising those principles into nothingness. Is there, you, you said recently, um, I want to read this exactly. I, I saw you say this, and I thought it was such a great statement. You said that um, Donald Trump could have named Judas Iscariot as his running mate, and his supporters still would have remained on board. It, what's, really, oh, yeah. what's really amazing to me is the policies that he is coming out with and the things that he is saying. I really, truly believe when he was at the GOP convention, he was shocked that we would applaud for a gay man. Mm-hmm. And when he came out and said, I just want to thank you for that, he really thinks that we are uh, the, the monsters that have been painted as monsters. And, 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 and in, in many ways, we are starting to be those people. Yeah. How do you explain the people who have called your show and listened to you for so long and have said, Steve, I am with you with the principles and we got to get back to the principles and now have abandoned all of them. Glenn, the most heartbreaking thing of this election and the, and what I think will have long standing repercussions will, will not be the zany hijinks of Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram or Fox news. The minute Rubio dropped out becoming Donald Trump's de facto super PAC, those things, I mean, uh, we have seen people contort themselves into pretzels for elections and we've all done it. That's the human condition before that's, that's not going to be, I think, the long-standing impact. What you just described will be, and, and this is the most heartbreaking thing to me, is that Donald Trump, as a New York City liberal, has successfully capitalized on liberal stereotypes of conservatives. Yes. With the birther card against Ted Cruz, with the conspiracy cards, uh, with the low-information cards, with the race-baiting. with the you know, I, I, I think I'm pretty well-connected in this movement, Glenn. I don't know about you. I'd never heard of the alt-right or Pepe the Frog right. until this year. I didn't even know what no. the hell this stuff was, okay? No, and him and his team, the, you know, the Alex yeah. Jones audience and, the, and that sort of fringe underneath the radar, oh. they have used that masterfully to their advantage. And, wh- and what has bothered me so much about this is 
the rest of the country, you know, we are undergoing, undergoing right now a major demographic shift in the country and a generational shift. And we are redefining whatever the results are going to be November the 8th, one way or the other, for the next generation. We have, re, we have allowed him to redefine what it means to be an orthodox religious believer, what it means to be a conservative for the generation that is emerging. Mm-hmm. And that is a very dangerous place for us to be going well, into the future. I, I will tell you, I, I, I don't think people understand that um, what you just said is absolutely right. You look at what's happening with the millennials and who they're voting for. They, it is a ghost town of <laughs> Trump support. It is, mm-hmm. it is mainly the people 55, 65 plus that are piling in behind Donald Trump. And he, he has now completely redefined for the millennials. You don't, it, it's, 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 a, it's a, a line millennials will never cross now because of Donald Trump. And I don't think people see that. No, and, and you know where I see this as well is I see this in the Christian church a lot. I'm heavily involved with um, you know, a conservative evangelical political organization. And man, you could walk through, Glenn, you could walk through the offices of every major evangelical political organization in the country, and, and you could draw a generational line right there in their corporate offices. Pretty much everybody 40 and under uh, is very uncomfortable to outright hostile with this. Everybody 40 and over is, or 50 and over, as you pointed out, is all on board like he's the second coming itself. And, and I wonder, how in the world are you going to be unified in purpose when this is over if you can't even agree in your own offices? And I think a lot of this is a generational perspective. I think this is the last gasp of the baby boomers, the last gasp of the lesser of two evils, the, the last gasp of mm-hmm. the Ann Coulter notion that any bad Republican's better than a good Democrat. And so I think we're going through the birth pangs of what this movement, our movement, whatever it's going to be, it's going to look a lot different. Um, uh, going forward than it was uh, since so the dawn of the Reagan it, era. What does it look like going forward? What happens? Well, the first thing you're going to see, I think we have to decide, figure out who's going to win or lose uh, on November the 8th, because I think that's going to determine what the reaction is. If Trump wins, if you want a third party, then you should be rooting for Trump to win. Because if you can see how much he has divided the right in one year as a mm-hmm. candidate, imagine mm-hmm. what the hell he'll do four years as president, Okay. Um, I think you there's no way in your mind, there's no way that all of these he's going to appoint great people to the Supreme Court. He's going to be so much better. None of that comes true in your mind. No, I I don't. And I and and frankly, I think I know him a lot better than a lot of these pundits do, uh, because I was one of the very first people they ever wooed to join their team. And, And I can just tell you that the Donald Trump sort of, pardon my expression, but the douchebag act that we've seen on the stump for the last six months was nothing at all, Glenn, like what I was wooed with. I, you know, I listened to a guy who was, who's not a conservative, but was conscientious, pro-American. I mean, when I went out and saw what he put with the, what he per, the persona he crafted on the stump, that showed me there isn't really anything, there is no there there, there's no core there. Uh-huh. He is, like most con men, a reflection of what he thinks you need to see from him at the so, moment. So, so, if, if, so, but wait a minute, this is what people are saying is so positive that he's really the guy you met before, and when he had to go win, he did what he had to do to win, but he's really a conscientious guy. Who and not a America. politician. That's and, the beauty of all that. And not a politician. Right? So, so there, you're, you're saying what many supporters say is a good thing. Why is it not a good thing? 
Well, because what's, what, what's really happening here, frankly, is good old-fashioned, and this is a word we don't use anymore in our day and age, good old-fashioned idolatry, guys. I mean, this is a story like right out of the Old Testament where people go to a yes. judge, you go to the judge Samuel and say, hey, give yeah. us a king so we can be like everybody else. So God gives them a king that is strapping, looks the part, but he's also duplicitous, feckless, untrustworthy. Yeah. In other words, he gave them a king just like everybody else. And, and that yet, is exactly what you see happening here. And yet the people who, who recognize it the least are the evangelicals. How is that even possible? The, the most surprising thing in this whole election cycle is the has, has been to watch the Christian evangelical pastors fall one after another and just get right. Well, we're not electing a pastor in chief. No, this you know what? Let me go great. here, Steve. Let me go. God's here. using him. Let, let, let me go here with this. I hear this from Christians all the time. God has placed him here and is going to use him. And he can't use Hillary Clinton. But he can use Donald Trump. Well, why? I, I don't know, but that's what they say. He's God. He can use right. whoever he wants. I know. So how do you respond to that? It's, it's interesting how at election time, gentlemen, God can only use really uh, feckless, debased, and morally depraved Republicans. That, that's yeah. an interesting gospel that uh, I go to yeah. church on Sunday and, and acknowledge. Uh, couldn't have used week. Ted Cruz, right? He couldn't have <laughs> yes. used him. Well, but I mean, no, if he the, could use t- Donald I, Trump, I, he can I, certainly I, use Hillary. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Exactly. I have little doubt that God is using Donald Trump. I have, if there's one thing that I'm 100% confident about in this election, it is that God is using Donald Trump. I just don't think he's using him for the purposes that many believe. What you, are, <laughs> what you, what you, what you see throughout history is that when God, is, God has to prepare his people to be moved before they can be moved. And you are watching a pruning. Right. You are watching a painful process you are watching mm-hmm. Gideon being told, hey, I want to get this down to the first 300, to the people that are really committed. You are watching this happen. You're watching toy soldiers in the Christian church. If you, if you want to know, you know, if you ever, you know, here, in, if, if you live in a town where you got one of these massive mega churches or 20, and yet you sit there and think, you know, down the street at the government school, they're teaching the just absolute moral sludge with my tax dollars. What the hell's going on at this massive megachurch every Sunday? If you've ever wondered what's been going on for the last 20 years in American Christendom, you are watching it play out in this election. So I have no Steve. doubt that God is using Trump in a mighty way, but I think it is probably not for the reasons that many of his sycophants and shills are articulating. Um, Steve, could you have time to stay with us for a while? Sure. Okay, hang on just a second. We'll come back. I've got to take a quick break. Steve Dace. Um, He's going to be a fun guy to have next to us in the cell. In the adjoining <laughs> we can pass molded pieces of bread back and forth. Funny how you're he's he's got a hill. Yeah. Uh, we'll be able to we'll be able to tap out messages through the pipes, and he can tell us about his book, Nefarious Plot. <laughs> just have to just write it down as we listen to the taps in uh-huh. the pipes. Steve Dace, Nater- uh, a nefarious plot. We'll get to that here in just a second, and more with him. Do you guys really think we'll have bread? Molded. No, no, uh, no. I don't. Although it's bread, we'll, right? Well, they'll throw it our way, and then we'll have to fight over it okay. to the death. Of course, if it's molded, we can use it as penicillin, and they yeah. wouldn't want that. So you're right, Stu. Probably not. And now this: in August, U.S. industrial production fell 1.1 percent year over year, the 12th month in a row, longest non-recessionary slump in over a hundred years. But it's fixed, right? Everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. America has never suffered a longer decline in U.S. industrial production without being in a recession. But whatever you do, don't look behind the curtain. Everything is going to be fine. There's nothing to see. The Fed will take care of this. 
because the Fed, as Jeffy has found, a paper written for the Fed shows that they have to inject for the next recession $4 trillion of printed money. $4 trillion. And what did the white paper say about its effect? It probably won't do anything. Yeah, might not work. Might not work. It'll be the last-ditch effort. We'll have to put $4 trillion into the system, and it might not work. We're out of options, guys, and soon uh, your dollar is going to be worthless. Uh, call Goldline now. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. I really feel like on some of these things, every time I give some of these commercials, I, I really feel like 2007, where I was on the air going, last call, guys, last call, it's coming. I'm always bad on timing, but I'm telling you, you should start pursuing some of these things with some urgency. Call 866-465-3546, 866-465-3546, goldline.com, 1-866-GOLDLINE. This is the Glenn Beck Program, Mercury. We're with uh, Steve Dace, uh, who is the author of the new book, A Nefarious Plot, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, Steve, have you, you said you've done a lot of soul-searching on your position, because I imagine the attacks on you are, well, they are like us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it is remarkable. I have seen attacks from George Soros, and they were tame in comparison to what uh Trump and the Trump supporters have unleashed on me and my company. I've never seen anything like it. It's remarkable. Um, well, people <laughs> have a tendency not to like it when you don't adore the same idol that they do. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's That's funny. Bad. I've never been attacked more ever. But the weird thing about this is um, I was involved in helping to take out some state Supreme Court justice here in Iowa about six years ago that thought that they got to be their own constitutional convention. Since then... This is the most comfortable I've been in, in the last six years as a broadcaster, the most at peace, the most confident. I mean, I'm sleeping like a baby every single I'm night. Too. So I'm the too. haters notwithstanding, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with where I'm at. Steve, have you ever put your finger on what it is they worship so much about this guy? How, how yes. did this happen? What, what is it? I think it's just this simple. And, you know, I saw it in Iowa four years ago when Herman Cain ran. And I went to one of his very first town halls, and I'm thinking, well, you know, he doesn't have any political experience, but this guy does what we do for a living. He's a talk show host, so at least he's going to know the issues. He stood up there for an hour, guys. He didn't know a damn thing about a damn thing. Didn't know anything. I mean, just literally didn't know anything. And yet I watched a bunch of people in the audience applaud. And I realized the reason they're applauding is they're thinking, hey, you know what? We're sick of being called racist. This guy's black, so let's go ahead and cheer him on because – uh, that way we can't be called racist anymore, almost a, a form of reverse racism. Okay. And I think, you're, I think the same thing's happened with Trump, but it's authoritarianism. People mm. have seen Barack Obama act as an authoritarian to impose his will ruthlessly by hook or by crook or with a pen and a phone. And I think a lot of our people have said, you know what, our principles can't save us. What we need is an authoritarian who will do the exact same things to them that he's done to us. In other words, we are being wow. motivated by the worst aspects of our nature. 
That's a terrible instinct to be playing into. Uh, and we now hear... And yet that makes sense. It does make sense. It does seem that way. And you get that sort of thing where it's not just... Because uh, the passionate people at the beginning for Trump certainly were that way. But now people get to that point where it's down to a binary choice that we're all told mm-hmm. about. Uh, that it is... You are hurting the country by not voting for this man that you stood up for for months and months and months and said was terrible for the country. I don't understand how that math works out. We, we, on my show, guys, we call it the magic R, that the minute someone becomes the Republican mm-hmm. nominee, they get the magic R. Like they've been, <laughs> they've been cleansed in the blood of Jesus uh, with the magic R, okay? And some gal who looks like her hair lost the fight with a paintball gun came down and, and said, for your love gifts this month. And, and they're instantly, you know, they're instantly absolved of their sins. But that is, again... That is, again, a form of idolatry. What's funny is we have mocked yeah. racial minorities for years for behaving just like this with Amen. the Democratic Party. They get nothing out of Amen. And now we are doing the exact same thing. You know, God has a way of convicting us of our own hypocrisy. And I think you're watching that happen right now. Okay, Steve Dace will be back with him in just a second. Uh, he's the author of a new book, Nefarious Plot, A Nefarious Plot, The Destruction of America, coming up. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. So don't ever say that we've turned ourselves into a pretzel in this campaign around Jeffy. Right, because he'll, 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 be, he'll, he'll, you. he'll eat you. And then he'll eat you. Where are we supposed to be? What we're saying there, what these two are kind of saying about you, summary? Jeffy, uh, just to kind of sum up so you don't misunderstand, <laughs> right. is that you're fat. Right. Steve Dace, <laughs> nefarious wait, plot. Wait, wait, hang on just a second. Yeah, were we supposed to do a day where we didn't make fun of you? Yes, it was yes. supposed to be yesterday. Oh, we failed miserably. up and we forgot. Yeah, we okay. forgot. So uh, now we're thinking next Thursday. Next Thursday. Oh, that's, it'll be a non-fat boy. joke uh, Thursday. So, so no one told Jeffy Day. Steve, Steve, let me, I just want to ask one last question, and then I'm going to get to your book, I promise. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you said you've done a lot of soul searching on your position. Mm-hmm. I am... I am personally looking for um, uh, people who stood against all odds, and they always seem to lose, but I'm looking throughout history, the people who stood at the times of trouble against everybody and said, no, this is wrong, I'm not going that way. Have you thought about this um, with yourself in your own situation? Have Have you looked at this as this is going maybe not this particular thing or this particular time but we live in the days where people who stand on principle um are going to be remembered after they've been stoned in the square you know glenn uh, history is not changed or made by people that went along with the flawed paradigm of their day but by those who did not and you know, all I can say is what I've experienced on, on our show is, you know, and we are a little corner of the universe compared to what you guys do. But we started this in, in November of uh, last year. 
and we debuted from 9 p.m. to midnight with, I think, about 12 affiliates. Uh, it's been about, what now, 10 months. We're almost to 70 affiliates. I've not had a single affiliate cancel. I've not lost a single advertising contract. That doesn't mean, by the way, I don't hear plenty of complaining. Oh, yeah. But for whatever reason, um, this principal position hasn't hurt our, um, our platform. In fact, it's helped to grow it. Now, that's not why I'm doing it. Uh, because, but I know plenty of other people that it has hurt them considerably to do this. So I, I think in the end, what, what helps to ground me, and I know you have, some, you have smaller kids. I do, too. You know, I'm only 43. A lot of the guys in our industry here are a lot older and either go home with uh, no kids at all or the kids have left the nest. I go home and my kids watched that incredible ad that just makes me cringe when it comes on because I don't want to give her any credit at all. But that ad that Hillary's run, that runs with the kids watching Trump's antics. And my kids look at me at the dinner table when they see that ad, and they look at me and say, Daddy, we're not going to vote for that, are we? And you know what? Maybe there are plenty of other people in our industry that are fine going home to their kids and saying, yeah, we got to go ahead and support everything we said we were opposed to all these years, but I'm not, so I won't. Steve, tell me about a nefarious plot. It is a, it's a novel, uh, and it's about the destruction of, uh, of America from the inside. It is. It's, um, you know, if any of your listeners are f- familiar with C.S. Lewis, it's my own homage to his classic, The Screwtape Letters. Instead of The Screwtape Letters talking about how, how, how hell will tempt one person, in this case, the book is uh, written by a demon general from hell named Lord Nefarious, who was tasked by the devil over a century ago with destroying America. And in the book, he is now so confident that his plan has been successful, he names names, historical figures, trends, everything they created, corrupted, co-opted in the process to get it done. And he puts it into book form in order to convince his master, the devil, that we are so far gone, we won't repent, we won't change our ways, we won't even take it seriously, and that will be the final confirmation that hell is one. And, and you know, when I finished the manuscript of this book, uh, March of 2015, what was going on at the time was the RIFRA battle in Indiana over religious liberty. And, and, and so I threw this into the manuscript, and I pointed out that, and Nefarious says in the book, that we, that was the moment he knew that hell had won, is when they didn't even have to tempt us. They didn't have to provoke us to turn on our freedoms and our constitutional liberties anymore. We just do it ourselves. And I wrote about that in the book, guys, in March of 2015, when I finished the manuscript, not knowing the governor who would sell us out on that would be the vice presidential nominee for the United States. So, uh, sadly, this book has turned out to be even more prophetic than I had hoped it would be. Yeah, I've, I've heard you talk about Mike Pence, and um, uh, I didn't know it tied into the book, which is, I, I, it's official, I completely hate you, because uh, that's a brilliant <laughs> book idea. Yeah, it is. Brilliant yes, book idea. Um, but um, the, uh, the Mike Pence thing, I've heard you say, um, he's not, he's not, you know, if Trump tried to bring him in to you know, put a salve on conservatives, which I don't think he cares to. I, I don't think he likes people like us, quite frankly. Um, but uh, if he was trying to put a salve on conservatives, you said that it sure doesn't do it. You know, people accuse me, Glenn, of having too high a standards. The reality is I, I've lowered my standards to the point of just don't, it's okay to betray me, but don't score points for the other team, okay? Well, what he did with that RIFRA thing is he not only stabbed us in the back. I mean, if you've been a conservative, in the Republican Party for all of a nanosecond. You know what that feels like. So it's not just that he backed down, but then his so-called fix that he signed into law, Heritage Foundation, uh, the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty, and the Family Research Council, when, they, when their legal teams all 
analyzed that, they all came to the conclusion they would actually do the exact opposite. It would allow, allow them to target Christians and their religious liberty, that it aided and abetted the other side. So for my money, the, the greatest act I've ever seen of moral treachery by a Republican in my lifetime, and that's saying a lot given the state so, of this party, is what Pence did in Indiana last year. That is perfect because you have the Vice President Pence uh, turning on us with that, stabbing us in the back. And then you got you have the main candidate, Donald Trump, who actually donated money to his opponent, uh, stabbing us all in the back. I mean, how and but we're the traitors. We're the ones who who are the turncoats here. We're the ones who sold out. I have. It's, it's an amazing it's an amazing time in the book. And if you had a crystal ball and you looked forward, um, what ha- what happens to us? with uh, general nefarious what 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 has he pulled off what what do we look like in four years the uh, i don't want to I, I won't completely spoil the end but the the final words nefarious writes in the book are many many take a parson and if people know their scriptures that's from the old testament when uh there's the right daniel reads the writing on the wall you have been weighed measured and found wanting and then that is the end of an empire the end of an era for that empire right then and that is exactly where we are heading if we do not see sort of great spiritual awakenings like we saw in yesteryear in this country that gave birth to liberty in the first place, we will not be able to preserve our liberty. We are doomed. And the reason we want authoritarian politicians is because we've turned our back on God, and whenever a society does that, they seek authoritarians to save them. And that is the era in which we are now, and that is an era where tyranny goes from originally just encroaching to being fully upon you if you're not careful. You know, I, I will tell you, Steve, that I, I was doing some research for a show that we're launching uh, next week called The Vault, and it's a history show. And um, I did it on three people that stood against Germany, in Germany, uh, hmm. during World War II. And one of them is Bonhoeffer. And, you know, Bonhoeffer went from 1933, he was told, uh, you know, he stood up and said, this is this bad for the church, this is bad. And by 1934, 80% of all Christians in Germany rejected Christ as the head of the church and mm-hmm. said Hitler was the head of the church. 80% of all Christians did that. That is remarkable. And if, if we have the economic hardships and the, the riots in the streets and the, the tension that we have... If we can't turn around before we hit the real hardships, I think we tear each other apart. I agree with that. You know, and uh, as you were talking about that, um, when I was in college, I drove for one of those, it wasn't UPS, but one of those second or third rate delivery companies during the worst winter around Lake Michigan ever with bald tires uh, and rear wheel drive. And so you get out on those open roads, and, you're, and, and, the, and time is of the essence, and you're facing desperation, and dispatch is all over you, and you've got to do something right now. And you start to feel that car kind of slide a little bit from the back, fishtail. Your human instinct is to turn radically away from that fishtail, okay, which, of course, then causes you to spin out altogether. This is exactly what we're doing now as a culture. You know, that when, when you start fishtailing in a car, that is a warning that you're losing your equilibrium, turn into the fishtail to reestablish your plumb line, your balance. We are doing this as a culture. Instead of turning in to the things that are causing us our fear and using those instead to be faithful, we are radically turning away to humanism and secularism and, frankly, flat-out paganism. And now you're going to see us go from 
from fishtailing to a flat out, we're going to spin out and end up in a ditch if we don't turn back soon as a people. And guys, that's what drives me. I've got three kids, 15, 11, and 9, that I go home to every single night. And 20 years from now, whether I get to do this for another week or for another 15, 20 years, I want to be able, if this thing collapses, I at least want to be able to look my kids and the grandkids in the eye and say, I did what I could. I didn't sell out so you'd have a bigger house or you'd have some, you know, a nicer car or more debt-free college. I did whatever I could with the platform God gave me to fire as many bullets at hell as I possibly could, because at least I will know, I'll have the comfort of knowing that I did all I could do. Who wins in November? The, the structure of the race still heavily favors Hillary. What you're watching happen right now is her negatives are coming home to roost finally. Trump and his team have done a good job the last couple of weeks of not acting like a child, which has put all the it's focus all Roger on Ailes. her. It's all Roger Ailes. <laughs> yes, they've helped with yeah. that. Now, um, I would say, I would have told you a month ago he has a 10% chance. Today I'd say it's about 30, which is a Buster Douglas chance. He's got a puncher's chance in the debates to knock her out. But he's got to land a really good blow. And he's got to convince people he is a credible president. Right now, you have an election between someone that people view as crazy and corrupt and somebody they view as just corrupt. If it becomes corrupt versus corrupt, he can win. As long as, it's, as, long as he's crazy corrupt, there's no way he can win. Um, last question here, Steve, and probably the most important question. Um, how much is Hillary Clinton paying you for what you've just done? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I've been told I've been getting paid from George Soros. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I, I don't get like, on any of these networks at all uh, from the right anymore, but yet I'm told I'm doing all this for my own career. Because what I see is the exact opposite. Who the hell knew what a Scotty Hughes was six months ago? Okay? I mean, who, knew, who, knew, who the hell knew what a Katrina Pearson was a year ago? These people have become major stars by becoming Trump shills. Look at Hannity. Fox turned, he was the stapler guy at Fox a year ago. They're moving him down the hall, you know, in, in, you know like they are in office space. And, and now he's got the highest rating he ever had. So don't tell me that, that, that shilling out for Trump doesn't pay. It is paid for everybody that has done it. You're going to get karate chopped now. What, yeah, you are lying. What you happens, got a karate chop what happens, in your way. What happens to you and me or those guys a year from now? We're going to be proven right, whether he wins or he loses. Um, and if, if he loses, we'll be proven right. And people will be angry at us about it and blame us for it well into next mm-hmm. year before they're over yes. it. If he wins, if he will not take very long to prove us right, and then people will come to us and say, we should have listened to you all along, we didn't have a choice, it was binary, you, what were we going to do, etc. Are right. you worried at all? I mean, Bannon has a strong history of never forgive. Donald Trump has a strong history, oh. never forgive. These guys are vindictive to the core. <laughs> and Steve, I mean, I've I've seen it firsthand the the things that they are are doing and are capable of. Do you really believe that if he wins, we have a job in a year or two? I grew up with a uh, stepdad uh, who was a ver- who was very damaged and had grown up in a home of abuse. I've been hit across the face with his belt buckle. I used to get beaten in the mornings and then coached on what to say to teachers when I got to school in the morning in order to make excuses for it. I grew up with a bully. Um, when you get over uh, growing up like that, you really lack for being intimidated by any mere mortal from that time forward. So as far as I'm concerned, they can do their worst to me. If I, if I get to say I was martyred for a cause, then to me, I will count it all joy to suffer for the name. I'm not really afraid of that at all. Now, America, uh, at least my audience who has never seen Steve before, 
knows why I said it was an insult to compare him to me uh, or me to him. Uh, I have tremendous respect for you, Steve. And, uh, and I hope the next time we're in a building together, we actually stop and shake hands with each other because I, I have tremendous respect for you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor, gentlemen. Thank you very much as well. You bet. Nefarious Plot is the name of the book by uh, Steve Dace. Um, Nefarious Plot. Zip Recruiter is our sponsor this half hour. You need to hire somebody, but you don't have time to do it. And it becomes this cycle. Somebody's got to hire somebody because we're... we're t- I don't have time to hire somebody because we're down staff. I know, but we have to... It's a stupid cycle. Right now, over a million businesses, including ours, and some like really huge companies as well. I feel kind of like a crumb bum every time I see how many people are and what people are using um, uh, ZipRecruiter. Small businesses, I think, are the ones that really are find the most benefit, at least we do, because I don't have the HR department to go and hire people. Uh, I, I have to do it. We have to do it as a team. ZipRecruiter, you can use it for free right now by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. What you do is you just write the, um, you know, write the job posting, and with one click, you can post on 100-plus job sites, including the social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, all of it, single click. Then you can find the candidates in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once, and you watch those candidates come rolling into ZipRecruiter with their easy-to-use interface, which shows you, you know, the ones that are responding directly to you and the other ones that are available in the systems, No juggling emails, calls to your office. You rate them, and you hire the right person fast. Try it now free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. That story of the belt buckle was intense. Intense. Imagine. And you know what I really like about him is, okay, here's a guy who, you know, didn't, you know, he's not wearing that on his sleeve. I was hit in the face with a belt buckle every day. uh, And then I was told what to say and how to lie at school. And so I'm not afraid of anything. He's turned that experience into uh, joy. I mean, look at where he is now. Look at... He's not built his whole career on, um, oh, poor me. He took that and said, I can face and conquer anything. That is, to me, that's a hero. That's that's the, the conquering spirit of a true American. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. So I guess we should talk about Trump's campaign decision to release a statement that Obama was now, in fact, born in America. Here's what the statement says. Quote, 
Having successfully obtained President Obama's birth certificate when others could not, Mr. Trump believes that President Obama was born in the United States. Hillary Clinton's campaign first raised this issue to smear then-candidate Barack Obama in her very nasty, failed 2008 campaign for president. In 2011, Mr. Trump was finally able to bring this ugly incident to its conclusion by successfully compelling President Obama to release his birth certificate, end quote. It's really funny that he had that in 2011 because in 2012 he tweeted, Let's take a closer look at that birth certificate. Barack Obama was described in 2003 as being born in Kenya. And the following year, 2013, how amazing. The state health director who verified copies of Obama's birth certificate died in a plane crash today. All the others lived. Sounds to me like he wasn't exactly convinced. Also, Carly Fiorina has endorsed Donald Trump. All that and more with John Ziegler right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I have been looking um, at stories for my own uh, self. Um, I've been looking at stories of history of, of people who stood against the tide and how did they do it. And uh, what I'm finding is a pattern that none of them really do survive. But um, I'm looking for those people and and I'm finding just fantastic stories. And these people are among us now. There are people that are taking massive hits and massive shots because they are standing for what they believe. And I don't mean to toot our own horn, but so far, I am still more impressed with us because we are willing... (laughs) No, listen, hear me out. I mean, I don't mean to be... We are willing to go on television looking like this every right, day right that's true we're willing to, and not change our eating habits that's true that is brave you're right <laughs> i've been eating more <laughs> <laughs> i have too i've i've uh, added a new meal at two o'clock in the morning a new meal at two? new meal at two. Oh, that's a fourth meal taco bell fourth meal is it yeah, yeah okay well a while ago i'm just i'm just trying i'm trying it out you know <laughs> just doing just the so you wake up specifically to eat no, I wake up and yes. I've got to get up, and then I'm like, I'm up. I might as well eat, make myself something. Right. So, you know, a half gallon of ice cream at three thirty yeah. in the. No, morning. I will tell you, nobody's using the barbecues in my neighborhood at two a.m. <laughs> so anyway, John Ziegler, welcome to the uh, program, sir. How are you, Glenn? Great to talk to you. The last time we spoke was uh, four years ago, when we were both deathly afraid that Newt Gingrich might be the Republican presidential nominee. Oh, my. oh, oh, oh how simple times were then. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. Those days don't come back. Wow. <laughs> you know, you I mean, know that's Ronald Reagan to co- compared to what's going on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy, John, is the same thing, but it was a much smaller group of people. The same thing was going on then. People were like, he's great. He can articulate things. Yes, but he's a fan of Woodrow Wilson. He's a massive progressive. And they didn't seem to care. But now we are in wholly new territory. 
Oh, it's a completely brave new world. I mean, Newt basically got torpedoed because he did a commercial with Nancy Pelosi on a park bench. Here, Donald <laughs> Trump has basically had done anything but have sex with Hillary, and he's still going to be the nominee and maybe the president. Unbelievable. <laughs> So, John, are you um, I I think this is actually uh, it's a little saddening. It's a little maddening, um, but it's also good to know. I just wish there were more. I'm I'm changing my viewpoints on a lot of people. Right. Not dramatically, but I'm like, I know I can always count on that person now. I know who people are now by the way they're behaving. And people are saying that about people like you and people like me in the in the reverse. Are you finding that as well? Oh, this has been a very educational, uh, although not that shocking, because see, Glenn, really? No, no. Here's why. See, you you deal with people in a different level than I do. You're a celebrity and a star. I'm a basically a nobody uh, <laughs> has, has been at best. You know, what's the phrase? Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. I mean, that, that's what, that's where I am in my in my career. So um, with you, you've been dealing with these people either from a position uh, at eye level or above them. I'm always dealing with these people, as I did with my movie Media Malpractice, how Obama got elected, which some of your listeners may have remembered from the 2008 election. And my interview with Sarah Palin that made a lot of news. I'm always dealing with these people from a position of complete lack of leverage. And so when you do that, you learn very quickly who to trust and who not to. And for oh, because me, of the, wait, wait, um, because of because of the old adage, the people who treat the people below them uh, with character and decency is revealing. Is that what you're saying? Something like that. I mean, yeah. the reality is that people who are much more less likely to screw Glenn back than they are John Ziegler. I mean, oh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Have you read the press lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's less there's less to fear. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, you know, I also having lived here in Los Angeles and was very good friends with Andrew Breitbart uh, during an era in which he was basically running the Drudge Report. And that really, you know, opened my eyes to a lot of things. I mean, you know, I am the the least conspiracy-minded person in the world. I'm an anti-conspiracy person, which is, I laughed at you're kind of uh, implying that I'm uh, Oliver Stone-like. I know I have friends of Oliver's here in Hollywood. They're going to love to hear that because uh, yeah. I am no conspiracy guy. But I, if people no, I didn't mean it. I, so you know, I didn't mean it that way. I, I mean that Oliver Stone, at no, least he says he's a conspiracy theorist. Right. I just no, like I people it. now who say who they are. No, but my point of this is that if people really understood what, what Matt Drudge, for instance, did in the 2008 primaries, I think they would be stunned. And, and, it, but, and because I had that experience through Andrew Breitbart, what Drudge did with, with Trump didn't shock me at all. John, what did, for, for those who don't know, what did Drudge do uh, in the yeah. 2008 cycle? Because yeah, a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people know. we don't know. Yeah, pretend not everybody's <laughs> in on that uh, incredible. Well, here's, what, here's what happened, okay? <laughs> and Andrew Breitbart was stunned and and i was the first person because andrew and i were speaking on almost a daily basis with we were, we were doing aol instant messages back in the 2008 era wow. uh several a day going what the hell is going on with drudge during the democratic primary because the first thing that happened was the day that michelle obama made her infamous statement i've never been proud of as an adult of my country until barack ran remember that yeah. well yep. 
Andrew thought this was a blockbuster and put it up as the headline on Drudge and thought this was going to be a narrative changer. And then all of a sudden, Drudge, which he never did, came into the site, not only took it down, removed it completely, which is, if you're a Drudge watcher, you know, that almost never happens, that the main headline goes completely mm, off the site. No, and uh, there's a positive story about me. It, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. But anyway, and go then, ahead. So, so Andrew thought at the time that was weird, um, but he didn't realize it was a trend until the Reverend Wright story happened. Because when the Reverend Wright story happened, it was very clear that Andrew was being barred and blocked and basically censored so from what? doing anything on Reverend Wright. And I will maintain mm. to the day I die that had Matt Drudge been nearly as strong on Reverend Wright as he is on Hillary's health, <laughs> that yeah. Barack Obama never would have been the Democratic presidential nominee so in what, 2008. Wow. What was your, what, what Why? did you and Andrew think was his motivation? Well, that's interesting because we talked a lot about this. And Andrew thought that because Drudge was spending a lot of time in Europe during that time period, that he had become Europeanized. And I never bought that. I just thought, figured oh. Matt realized that uh, Obama was the best story, he was the best for business, and that uh, a Democratic but, president uh, would be better for him in the long run, and that this was a fantastic narrative of the first black president and all that. And he, plus, there's obviously the element of he hates Hillary Clinton. So anything that's bad for her was good for him. Um, I'm also a believer that over mm -hmm. the years now, especially now with what's happened with, with Trump, and, and the Drudge Report has become a complete joke, as you guys know, with regard to Trump. I mean, you can't go any deeper into the yep. tank for, for, the Trump, for Trump than, than Drudge has. To me, I think Drudge has either gone bat crap crazy or he just loves chaos. And, and I, I think he's a chaos master. So, can I say something to you? Can I say something to you, John? Yeah. Are, are you familiar with um, uh, Dugan, Alexander Dugan? No, not that I'm aware of. Hey, you need to. He is a guy who is an advisor of Putin. He is very influential in Europe. Um, all of the extreme right in Europe is funded, is counseled by Dugan. I mean, he's a very big player. And the alarm bell went off in my head when you just said... He's been Europeanized. I forgot about the time that he spent in Europe. I, I'll bet you that that has played a role with him. Okay. And Dugan is, you look him up, it's, it's remarkable. And one of the things that Dugan is looking for is chaos. He is a very big chaos guy. Hmm. Well, whatever it is, the bottom line is, you may be right, Glenn. I hadn't thought about it in that way. But it's also been very good for Drudge's bank account. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is yeah. nobody, nobody, and I mean no individual, made more money from the Obama presidency than Matt Drudge. And that's not even a question. Yeah, uh, I agree and, with that. And um, so, uh, to me, you know, you always follow the money first. And that's always a big motivator. But I, I do think there's a chaos element with Matt. And, and, the, and the reason why this is so significant is that, you know, it shows that the ma big, major players, and people need to understand how big a player Matt Drudge is. I mean, Matt Drudge is basically the assignment editor for most of the conservative media. Oh, and I think it's even farther than that. I think mm -hmm. they will never admit it, but I think he he is I think people even on the right on the left write stories for the traffic that drugs oh, will drive. 
No, no question. And, and, that, yeah. and I've written about this, and this is when I knew that Trump would win the Republican nomination. If you look at it, even like the Washington Post clearly figured out early on Drudge was on the Trump train. So if you write relatively positive stories about Trump, guess what's going to happen? It's going to mm. get linked on Drudge, and you're going to have a successful day, maybe even a successful week as a writer, because that's the way it works. It's all about clicks and traffic. And so people think Drudge creates a market for whatever story he's interested in. This is, you know, yes. that's why we get robot stories, for because yes. everyone knows he's into robots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so true. that is so true. <laughs> so, oh, man. So, John, Weirdest. help me out. What, what do you think, what do you think uh, Breitbart, Andrew, would say about what's happened to Breitbart? Well, that's obviously dangerous, you know, to say that about a person who's deceased. And Andrew and I had a falling out because of these issues just before he died. Because I, I, I wanted Andrew to resign from the Drudge Report, and I wanted him to call him out. And he, he did not want to do that because he knew that without Drudge, Breitbart.com would never make it. And so he was basically a slave to Drudge. And this, this drove a wedge between Andrew and I. And I'll regret it you know, probably for the rest of my life because when I, you know, I think both of us always expected that there would be time to heal the wounds, and then he goes and dies, so that's never going to happen. But I'll guarantee you, the, the Andrew Breitbart that I knew would be, would be furious over well, we, what Breitbart has become, furious over what Drudge has become. He would never have dreamed of linking to An- Andrew. I mean, are you kidding? Alex Jones on mm-hmm. Drudge? Right. With an earpiece at a at a town hall for Hillary because James <laughs> Woods tweeted it. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> and also, uh, uh, you know, Breitbart was kind of a famous uh, anti-birther. He did not buy the birther thing at all, right. and didn't no. buy into Trump. Said Trump was not a conservative. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. and I and I still keep in touch with some people at Breitbart who are well aware that this is the biggest fiasco of all time. That Andrew is rolling over in his grave, uh, but they don't have any place to go. And it's, it's, the, it's one of the saddest parts of this entire election, which has been incredibly depressing to everybody that and I'm sure everyone I'm speaking to right now can appreciate it, especially you guys. You guys have suffered as much as anybody mm-hmm. in all this. And, and I appreciate you guys standing up for principle because no one else oh. will because that's not where the money is. I know. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's just so disgusting. And, you know, look, I'm not. Andrew Breitbart was not perfect. I mean, Andrew was mm-hmm. very much yeah, I know. N- knowing about what was good for Andrew Breitbart. Uh, and, uh, but Andrew would never have stood for this. No, he, never. Had, he, 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 knew, he knew who he was politically. Um, uh, um, John, I've got, I, I'm already past time. Can I just ask you real quick? I'd love to have you back. Sure. Who do you think is going to win? I believe Hillary will win because I think she has more cards to play going forward. I think that the debates will be very bad for Trump, although not as bad as they should be because we're not a very substantive people. And I believe that if this thing is still close right down to the end, Glenn, and you may think this is crazy, I think that if it's still in question in the last few days, I think George W. Bush will endorse Hillary Clinton. 
I don't necessarily think that uh, that is. That would be fascinating, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't think that that is crazy. That would be fascinating. John, great to have you on. Thank you so much. And, Anytime, uh, Glenn. And thank, sincerely, thank you for standing. It, it, I know you must feel alone, but uh, I want you to know you give a lot of people hope that read and say thank you. Thank you for a conservative actually standing and 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 speaking for principles. Thank you well, very much. Well, I appreciate that more than you know. And check me out at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Got it. Thanks so much. Here's our um, sponsor at Simply Safe. You want to keep your family and your property safe, but you don't want to be conned into paying more than you need to. That's why Simply Safe was invented. With Simply Safe, you get the best possession, uh, the best protection. Um, it is it's having a security guard at your house 24/7, monitoring, top-notch monitoring. Simply Safe is easy to use. It is completely wireless. It has the glass break sentries. It has the uh, or, um, sensors. It has the entry, the motion sensors. It even has the carbon monoxide sensors. Everything that you might need. Fire sensors. Monthly monitoring is $14.99 a month, and there is no contract. Protect your home the smart way. SimplySafeBeck.com. SimplySafeBeck.com. Are we ready for the, the numbers, the actual poll numbers? Yeah, we can go through. Good, it's a good week for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll do that coming up in a second. SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there now. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. It is a Friday. That it is. Which means usually more on trivia, but who's our executive producer, Jeffy? <laughs> who's our executive producer? Well, Stuber Gear is our executive Bergier. producer. Could yes. not get it done this season because, oh, oh, we're moving our facilities in New York. We are. We've had uh, some technical challenges on this front. Uh, so oh. I think we might, my rec- and since you're obviously so into this, uh, you, you'll be more than open to it when, when we are able to solve those problems, and we'll start it up right away, right? Well, you would want to jo- join it in the middle. Oh, of- no oh, problem. Because we got the playoffs. So, <laughs> luckily, you're all in on this. I didn't realize. I, I was You know what? Stu, let's talk about this off the air. No, it's I think it's, it's a good conversation <laughs> to have right now. I think it's I'm a so great damn time. sick of that. <laughs> so sick I of know. that game. Well, I mean, you actually did want to do it. Uh, we, we talked about potentially uh, delaying it until after the election just because there's so much going on until yep. then. We do have uh, some technical issues we're trying to work through. So at some point, we will probably uh, pick well, it up. After uh, the election, we're moving. These facilities too. I know. So this is the issue. Is you know, it's hard. It's boring to explain to people, but it's uh... pardon our dust, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be out of business by then too. Oh, oh yeah, today oh. is the day. Oh my gosh, Milo, said, Milo said, so. said. Milo said. We're, he said we're done, right? he had inside yeah. sources. Oh, he had spies. Right. He had spies, spies, and he could promise us that next couple of days, end of the week at the latest. Yeah, Friday. Here we are. This Friday would be here it. we are. But, I mean, the day's not over yet, obviously. We could still go out of business. And, but uh, it's close. It's that close. It's, it's yeah. definitely it's that close. I've never seen anything like this before. It is, oh, you know, I, I will yeah. tell you this. The, the, they were, they, I don't even give any credit on this story. There was a story that came out from uh, a, a fairly credible source. Um, eh, um, the, the press 
only 38% of all Americans, and this is 32, 32, and this is way top heavy because of liberals. Uh, I think it's only like 19%, 14% Republicans trust the press. Um, I have to tell you, I have seen bad press reporting in my career. I have seen, I've seen hatchet jobs before. I have never seen a story so rooted in lies, deception, distortion, and false premise for interviews. I, I, it is, mm. I, I'm going to name the source. Politico, really? I mean, I thought you had some credibility. This is so far beneath you. It was nursery school stuff. And just this bad is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Election by numbers. Put your pipe and smoke it. Election by the numbers. If you are a Trump fan, this is good news for you. By the way, I have to talk to you about John Ziegler's prediction about George Bush endorsing Hillary Clinton. I'll bet you that just that that could happen. You don't think uh, Romney's more like uh, more likely? They Uh, both might. Romney. Why couldn't they both do it? Yeah, Romney is there's a law against uh, two former presidential candidates. <laughs> is there a law? No, but there's a, Romney is not going to be a surprise. Having a former presidential candidate oh, yeah. endorse a former Hillary president. Clinton. I mean, yeah, former president. That would be that would be gigantic. Gigantic. I I I think there is actually. I can see maybe the wife, maybe Laura. Oh, there's no there's no love. I know, I know, but I don't. Well, uh, the Bushes can't stand Trump. So can't yeah. stand Cruz either. And, and you know what? And, and I will tell you this. True. And I will tell you this. Um, uh, the the Bushes believe that Donald Trump is as dangerous as I do. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I could see, because I think they would think that might that might stop him from winning. Because they really they really believe he's a dangerous man to have in the White House. I think that would just piss people off. I don't know that that sways anybody at that point. Do you? Oh my gosh! I mean, no, I, I don't know. I, I think if anybody, I think I, if that anybody, just makes people angry. I don't know. I think if anybody could do it and sway it, it would be a former president. But uh, I, I don't know. Oh, the Trumps. I don't know. Nobody else doing it would make a difference. It, it'd have to be. I think Jesus could come down and say, "I don't want this man to be president," and they'd say. Well, yeah, I'm not voting for Hillary. Jesus, just tried to get Hillary elected. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Why do you love Hillary so much? You created her first. All right, Stu. So let's go through some of the, what the uh, experts are saying here. And I think this is kind of interesting in that there has been a serious tightening, I think, in the race. Serious tightening. I think Now, so. has it been in the Electoral College? Because the national polls, a serious tightening. I would say that it's... It's pretty close to, you know, 
Tied. Tied. Go either way. I think I think that is a fair analysis. Most of the experts still have Clinton with a slight edge and some larger than others. You know, we've seen some polls and certain pollsters have come out with shocking results in some of these. Shock Shock poll. poll. Shock poll. There was a poll taken of the presidential election and you won't believe what happened next. (laughs) Shock. It was it was shock. Why is the ING never on that? Why is it not a shocking shocking poll? Shock poll. Um, Iowa. There was a poll that had Trump up eight in Iowa. Wow. Iowa has been pretty much a pure swing state from the beginning. And it's been a a state that uh, Trump has polled better than uh, the rest of the country. There's an interesting theory about why this is happening, um, and it has to do with uh, working class whites abandoning the Democrat Party. Um, they they started falling off recently. Um, Joni Ernst was the first sort of sign of this, and that mo- a lot of the polls had Joni Ernst in a very tight election that she wound up winning by, I want to say eight if I remember, um, but they thought she might win by one or two, and she wound up winning pretty handily. Any, anybody here be surprised if Donald Trump loses by 10 points? No. no. Is there anyone here that would be surprised that Hillary Clinton loses by 10 points? No, no probably yes, not. Yes, I would be surprised if she... I, would you well, really? I would not be surprised if she, I, if she were 10 to points is lose, a lot. but 10 points is a lot, and she's yeah. got... She, she has a lot of constituencies that are... They, they're not very movable. I know, but I have to tell you, I mean, look at her, look at her book that came out. Now, this is, again, presidential yeah. politics, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's Hillary Clinton in a book. But still, 3,000 copies nationwide in the first week. She's, Literally. There's no, there is no thirst for her at all. After her slip and fall routine. After nine, bad. 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 Yeah, and it was a, um, there was a poll that came out that said, um, it was, it, among Democrats, among Democrats, they polled last week, said, do you think Hillary Clinton's healthy enough to be president? 84% said, yeah, she's going to be fine. Uh, after the uh, you know the collapse, uh, down to sixty four percent of Democrats. I will tell you that that was that was huge, and uh, and I will tell you that if you look, I worked with uh, Roger Ailes for what three years, and it, not like we were good friends by any stretch of the imagination, but I I tried to learn as much as I could because he is the brightest man I have ever met when it comes to positioning things. I see his fingerprints all over Donald Trump like crazy. Well, and no, maybe no clearer example uh, than the way he treated the health crisis. He was yes. respectful. Exactly right. He said, I hope she gets better. Hope yep. she can't wait for her to get back on the campaign. Yep, trail. that was Roger Ailes' one. And let everyone else swirl around about it. Yep. Didn't make the story about yep. Trump. Let the story be about Clinton. Yep. And um, if he's, who, I don't know who it was that said this on this program today, but if he doesn't look crazy, just corrupt and kind of scary. Hillary looks corrupt and kind of scary. If he's not crazy, he will. He he could win. If he has another crazy moment, he'll blow it. It's interesting too because it wasn't obviously just Roger Ailes. It was Steve Bannon from Breitbart and Kellyanne Conway, and I think they've all had their own sort of influences over this. I think Roger Ailes is the smartest one by far out of that group. Nobody, Although, but nobody could look at Donald Trump and say, Donald, do you want to be president or not? I, I was, Roger Ailes said to me, the last day that we were together, I went up to his office and it was, the, it was before my last show. And I just said, hey, Roger, thank you very much for everything, blah, blah, blah. And we sat there and just talked for a while. And I said, so what are you going to do? What, what, what do you, when are you, you going to retire? 
And he said, oh, I don't know if I'll ever retire. And he said, besides, I've got a president to pick. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's what you really meant to say, but it probably is what you meant to say. (laughs) Uh, And I can see that Roger would be saying to him, Donald, this is my last move. And, you know, this is I'm going to get you into the White House. But damn it, you listen to me. And they're longtime friends. And anybody that would be advised by Roger Ailes on how to, you know, uh, um, attack a campaign, anybody who knows anything really about Roger Ailes would be foolish to throw that advice away. And I don't think Donald Trump is. I see Roger Ailes' fingerprints all over him. And that's why you're seeing him actually into a presidential box right now. The minute Roger Ailes exits that campaign, you're right back to the old Trump. And right very, back to very few missteps from Trump since Ailes sort of arrived. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. you know, he did call the, uh, the minister in this black church um, a nervous mess. Um, but, I mean, that's nothing. I mean, he was oh, doing five, six, six of those a day, and all of them were worse yeah. before this. I mean, these are very minor things he's doing now. He's become a better candidate. Uh, and because of that, the polls have tightened from about eight point, eight point lead from Clinton to about a one point lead. Part of that is also just the normalization after the uh, the, the uh, conventions. But still, it's it's a pretty serious tightening. Oh, I think this is real. I don't think this is just the the convention stuff. I think this. No, is I think real. It, yeah. I think I'm just saying part of it is pro- probably was never really an eight point. This lead. was this was both Trump and Hillary in their each mm-hmm. each in their own way. Theirs to lose. Hillary had to stay healthy. And he had to stay sane with one of those guys, with her not being healthy, him being crazy. uh, It's theirs to lose. It's theirs to lose. And the national polls uh, show uh, about a one point lead. Now, Romney hit this standard multiple times in the lead up. This close. This close. In fact, it sometimes had slight leads. At the very end uh, of the election was very close as far as the national polls. Remember how convinced we were at one point? And yes. it was fairly close to the Thank election you. that Romney was going to win. I mean, yeah, we I, really had convinced ourselves. State polls, I don't think. Bought it I don't think so. I remember. I, I was convinced. Oh, yes. I, I remember. I remember I, being convinced. I remember uh, Frank Luntz came down two weeks before, three weeks before. And he said, yeah, you guys. I believe him. You guys, if you guys can get to Ohio, you could make the difference. Yes. And because we went. Yeah, because no, we didn't. Yeah, we will. We we were going to. We were at the airport with him. Remember that? Our planes were. Oh, it was there. No, uh, this is Iowa. Yeah, yeah. No, this was this was where I met with him. You guys weren't with me. I met with him at a at some fundraiser or something, and um, he came back and he was just ashen. And he said, "Obama's going to win." And I said, "You got to be kidding me!" And he said, "No, I'm telling you. I've been doing this forever. Obama is going to win." And I said, how? And he said, quite honestly, it's, it's Ohio, and it's going to be your listeners. He said, your listeners um, have not sealed the deal with Romney, and, uh, and he's just not good at sealing the deal. And if you guys could go up and spend time in Ohio, it might make the difference for him being a win or a loss. And we talked about going up there, and before we could even make a decision— uh, the hurricane hit. All oh, right, Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. 
Remember the hurricane hit, I and then there was the walk on the beach with Chris. And then it was over. And then, then it was, was over. over. Make out the long term make out. Make out, session. and um, they made love that night. You guys don't remember torturing me for weeks for saying Obama was going to win, and then saying how I was a little black rain cloud and ruining everything. And you that. don't remember this whole build up. To oh, the remember, I remember the Frank Luntz meeting. At the airport, but you don't remember a month of shows. I, I got beat up every day for saying he was going to. I don't remember. Well, that's only because uh, you liked Crooked Hillary. <laughs> she wasn't even taking, running. She was. You were taking money from Crooked Lions Hillary. Do. All right, let me give yeah, you these. Lions do. We're Here short on time here. Let me give you these. Quickly. These are from all the different prediction modeling agencies. We're yeah. not modeling agencies. Like, you can get a model to come out to your event. It but would have been more interesting. Would have been. Uh, these are people who are modeling the election. Uh-huh. Several different uh, statistical organizations have done this. So let me give you some of them. 538.com is Nate Silver's organization. One of the best in the business. They have it as a 60% chance that Hillary Clinton wins. That's, That's way down. Huge, right? Way down. Um, way it, down. Yeah, uh, way down. And, and they are the most uh, pessimistic for Hillary Isn't at this point. The, in the 90s at one point? They're the um, most pessimistic. They're the most pessimistic. Uh, 80, at one point, and this is August 14th, so, you know, what, a, a month? All right on that? Yeah, a month or so. Um, went for it was eighty nine point two percent. I knew it was wow super uh, that Clinton was going to win. Yeah. Now, not everyone has moved as much as them, but I honestly think five thirty eight has it the has the best analysis of this right now. Um, I think it's right around sixty percent, maybe it's fifty five percent even uh, for Hillary. It's still a Hillary edge because she has a slight edge in the national polls, and in addition to that. She has a slight edge in the Electoral College as it relates to the national A slight polls. edge? It was like yeah. 3,000 or 1,000 uh, ways that she could win yeah. in one. Yeah, that's going one you can play that game in one second if you want. Yeah. I believe well, the rest she, of these. If she continues to refuse to drink water, it's going to get even worse. Oh. Even worse. Right. Even Thank worse. you. Although she loves to drink water and all she does is drink water. All right, so water. show yeah, me she, what you have so far. Show me, show me the Electoral water, College. Water, though, even uh, though she loves it. I will give you this real quick. 60% from 538. Uh, New York Times uh, says 74%. They were in the 90s. Um, Daily Coast has one, 73%. Um, the betting markets say 70% uh, Hillary win. Um, uh, Princeton um, has, a, has a format, and, and they are by far the most aggressive for Hillary. They say 86% chance still that she wins. Um, wow. But the Cook Report and Roth Report all say leaning Democrat. Sabato says likely Democrat. So... That field is it's pretty strong. They all still think Hillary's going to win. What does Carabas say? Carabas uh, says um, uh, the tour they of They have Italy. the chicken Brian, don't oh, they? they? Yeah, they do. Okay, go I'll ahead. give you this one more time. Right now, it's 937 ways for Hillary Clinton to win. Trump has 78 ways. This is That's this way is, up. That's way up. up. It was legitimately two. One. Two? It was two. Okay. There was one tie and two ways for Trump to win. Now it is 78 ways for Trump to win and nine ways to tie. Wow. But still 937 ways uh, for Clinton. Let me give you the basic ones here. The ones that Trump is favored in, right? We're going to give those to Trump. Georgia, he gets. Uh, we'll give him Arizona. Here, wait, wait, wait. Let, let's just go through the toss-up and the leans, okay? And the lean. Let's just go through the leans and the toss-ups. Missouri, I'm going to give to Trump. Texas, yep. Trump. Yep. Now, South again, Carolina. Texas is, is stubborn right now. Texas, another poll came out, again, that had it uh, in mid-single digits, with the way the polls have moved, for some reason, Texas has not swung to a solid state for Trump yet. It's still six or seven points, is which is Texans, strange. I don't think it is. I don't know. Either. I don't think it is. I, I Texans mean, are Texans. They understand a republic. 
And uh, Texas is a different animal. Uh, anyway, South Carolina, give it to Trump. And he just give those leaders. three to Trump. Yeah, and, and, and he just had a big poll. Trump had a big poll in South Carolina, so, looking like that's no longer going to all be. Right, so let's give Iowa to Trump. Uh, he, yeah, Iowa yeah. had a good poll there, and he's been leading there. Let's give Florida to Trump. Okay, Florida to Trump. North Carolina. Well, Tell me if any of these are, are crazy. North Carolina goes to Trump. I think that's very rational. Ohio. Unlikely. You think North uh, Carolina is unlikely? Right now, the, um, the Democrats, it's a, it's a very much a pure okay. toss-up state, but just I think, put it I on think a, he'll win. Just put it on no, the line I, there. I think he'll win. Put I think he'll win. Okay. Ohio. Uh, Ohio, he has been polling very well. Had one poll yeah, at Trump. five. Trump. So we'll give it yeah. to Trump there. Nevada, I got to give to Hillary. Uh, that's a toss-up right now. I mean, he could win. He could win. Am I asking him for his opinion? No, I thought 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 you were as as the person hosting. Okay, no, I've Uh, Georgia to him. Georgia to Trump. Yes. Uh, Arizona to. uh, Oh, actually, I didn't mean Nevada to. I mean Nevada to Hillary. Arizona to Trump. Right. We have Nevada is to Hillary, and Arizona is to Trump. Yep. Okay. And Georgia goes to Trump. Georgia goes to Trump. Let me ask you a couple more. Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin, oh, it goes Hillary to Hillary. Sure. Okay, Pennsylvania. Uh, Hillary. Uh, Colorado. Hillary. Let's give it to Trump. Let's be generous. Okay, he did have a good poll there. Iowa. Uh, Let me let's that be Trump. Trump. Um, let's be generous. So uh, Clinton wins that race. Wow, you really? Wow. You flip Pennsylvania and you get it to Trump. So he still has to win Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania there. Yeah. Now this, Casper makes the most comfortable mattress you will ever sleep on. And they also now make the most comfortable mattress your dog will ever sleep on. It is designed by the same engineering team behind all of the Casper Sleep products. And it combines the pressure-relieving memory foam and durable support foam to create a bed that your dog will love. I know this sounds crazy, but it doesn't if you actually are a dog owner and you have a dog. I We love our dogs. And our dog... Um, Ella has just a horrible, horrible back. Um, this is something that's great for my back, and if it helps my dog sleep, it is great. Now, speaking of your Casper, get the best night's sleep you've ever had. Use the promo code BECK and save $50 off the purchase of your mattress. It's Casper.com, promo code BECK, Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck Program. Triple eight seven two seven beck Mercury. safe weekend. See you Monday, you sick freak. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.